Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, producer Sammy McKee. Eight games on tap in the National Hockey League, and uh, we'll certainly get to the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Minnesota Wild, but also the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers tonight, and uh, a lot of people now talking Alex Ovechkin, mm-hmm. Panarin. Of course, we know what's going on in the world today. Russia invading the Ukraine. Lots of questions seem to be heading towards Ovechkin, especially Ovechkin, guys. And, well, yeah. you know, we, 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 have, we, we know the numbers, Russian players in the National Hockey League, but the center, the attention seems, at least on the social media, guys, going towards Alex Ovechkin and, and, and looking for some sort of statement. It doesn't appear like the Washington Capitals are prepared for that just yet. But JB, it doesn't appear like this. Uh, this story won't isn't going away anytime no. soon. And like when I got here today, and we discussed, you know, do we want to talk about this? Do we not want to talk about it? That's sort of a, a daily discussion on worldly issues. It's impossible to avoid what's being talked about in hockey Twitter around the world. I, you know, I'm looking at right now on Wikipedia, a uh, Putin team. Putin team is a social movement announced in 2017 by NHL player Alexander Ovechkin to support Russian President Vladimir Putin. So the question of, is this relevant from him? Do we want to hear from him? Or is he just a hockey player? And should you just let him play? Right. Fair. And that is the debate. But I think something like this is pretty clear that he's made it, you know, part of using his hockey player leverage to support Putin. Um, We see what's going on in the world. And is it relevant to hockey? I mean, this is going to be a massively relevant question to how Ovechkin wants to handle himself in the U.S. and how he's going to be treated in the U.S., depending which stance he takes. And if I had to guess, he's going to back Putin again. I mean, how's that going to go over at Madison Square Garden? If He he hasn't made a statement yet, but he's going to have to at some point. Sammy, that's fair, right? If you want to use your, your public platform to, to bring in Putin, support him, then you also get to uh, – people get to ask the tough question today. Yeah, I, I don't think I could be any further out of my depth talking about this. So I'll, I'll just I'll just uh, preface it by saying that. What are your thoughts on the geopolitics yeah, of Eastern Europe, I, Sam? That's I, why you're here. I'm going from, yeah. I just, I think what you guys just alluded to in the fact that Alex Ovechkin is using his fame, he's using his, uh, I guess, his ability as one of the bigger, most well-known Russian superstars in any ath- in any sport, using his platform to be, to endorse Putin. Now that this is happening... I think, you know, I understand, like, I, I'm getting some, t- I'm talking to people about it. It's the number one thing that people are talking about in my hockey friends. It's a huge conversation. And the question is, oh, what's he going to say? Oh, what's he going to say? Like, what is, you know, Alex Ovechkin going to say that's really going to change? Well, he's got, he's got two ways he can go, right? But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what he's going to say. He has to say something because he's used every sort of, his a fame to endorse this guy. And now that this is happening, you have to go out there and say what you feel or say what you think you should say, but you have to speak to this, and you can't ignore it. You can't just the fifth now, now that it's inconvenient. It's not like we didn't know who the guy was five years ago when he started Putin team. Yes, he's the biggest star in the league. He's a top five star in the league, maybe the biggest star in the league. Oh, we're chasing Wayne Gretzky's record? Yes, that puts him at the top he's the of number the mountain. One, and exactly. So it's, man, 
there are some conversations going on behind closed doors at a lot of different places today about a lot of different things. And I tell you what, the conversation around him is going to be different depending on what he no, says. No, 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 no. Like, think about this. Where's the conversation with, like, the National Hockey League on this? How does the league itself stand on OV? Well, uh, so let's assume no. he comes out and says he's still Team Putin. Okay. And, and, and where, what is the ripple effect? Mm-hmm. So if he comes out and he says, "Team, I'm still Team Putin, where is the Washington Capitals on that? Where are, where's the National Hockey League on that? God, where, where, think about the ripple effect of that. And how about the sponsors right. of Ovechkin? This guy's made a lot of money off the ice, endorsing a lot of things over the years. Where where do they stand on his stance? That's where the, the the questions and the ripple effect will go. Like, is there a world where this ripple is so large that he just decides it's not the, you know, he's not treated well here and supported well because of the position he's taken on, you know, an awful dictator. And he decides that he just wants to go Ooh. home and play in the KHL and get out of the, the, the mayhem here. I, I kind of feel like that's in play. No? <sighs> I don't. I, can, I can't the other, disagree. The other thing is, he comes out and he says he doesn't support what Putin has done here, and you know, everyone in the U.S. I think would be in support of that. The U.S. has come out and you know, not on the side of Russia. So at that point, how is he treated in Russia? Is you know, he's in a tough spot. His wife and his kids are in Russia in right a tough now. Spot. Everybody is. Yeah. That's just. You know, it's it is not going to be nothing. Uh, the the only he's. If he's going to do what he has done his whole career, which is try to walk the line and have his cake and eat it too, support Putin, but still be a superstar here, there's very little he can say aside from, uh, you know, I'm not prepared to talk about this at this time and just kind of go along, which is is maybe the only option he has. And we're all going to know what it means and where he stands. Doesn't change anything for me. It's crazy. Crazy time. We'll keep an eye on on this story. The whole hockey world is keeping an eye. The whole world is... uh... Certainly watching this. Um, he said he's not ready to talk yet. Minute by minute. And yes, you're, you're right. I, I think that will, that will get pushed yeah. if really I'm gonna, hard if I'm gonna until say, he does. Yeah, I'm going to say that I think maybe he can have a beat to, you know, figure out what well, he's going to say. It's a pretty fair. important totally fair statement. fair to gather your proper thoughts I, on that. You have to say something. You have to come out, and I think that's fair. And I mean, I don't know what else, a whole lot else there is to say about it, but you need to, you need to come out and say something, Ovi. Yep. And I think he's going to. You just need some time. Wait on that. All right. On a smaller scale, Toronto Maple Leafs hope to end a three-game losing streak tonight against the Minnesota Wild. It's so tough to go from World War Three to the Leafs. Potential. (laughs) Well, no, maybe. Just don't. Let's let's hope not. Yet, but it feels looming. Let's hope not, JB. And and you're right. It's hard, but uh, uh, we still got to do it. So let's let's get into it. a lot of storylines going into this game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and, and where do you start? Uh, do we start with just the overall feel? What is When I look at a game like this, and uh, again, another, uh, another measuring stick for the Leafs, because this is a big, strong, tough team. We had Bill Guerin on the air the other day described his team and he said one that we think that we can beat you every which way Mm -hmm. including in in the alley and we can make games uncomfortable for you and they they score more than the leafs so they 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 can do it every which way leaves have some issues 
the last thing they need to f- feel is any more uncomfortable than they already do, JB. Well, this won't help. Peter Mrazek getting the start tonight for the Toronto Maplers, who, um, you know, he didn't have his greatest showing last time out. Sam, you didn't love the decision to go not with Campbell here. I, I, the first, um, th- I'm, I'm- <laughs> my first thought was that's surprising. When I saw that Mrazek would be going tonight, and I thought that was, I mean, I Kipper and I chatted about it before the show, but I felt like that was a bit of a message. No? Bit of a something? You know, both of them. To have, Campbell. Bo- oh, both both of them. Both of them have been Come on. pretty bad. This is... So you might as well go with your guy who's been bad as opposed to the other guy who ha- you have no moral equity. This in, is no? the biggest game of the year until the next biggest game of the year, but you're trying to, trying to avoid a four-game losing streak, usually on a, on a day off. Mm-hmm. You go to your number one goalie. Right. Is Jack Campbell still their number one goalie? I, I would say the statement, at the very least, is we're oh, we're willing to consider other options. Tonight, he's the not statement. the number one goalie. Tonight, he's the second most important goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs because Peter Mrazek is it tonight. What's crazy, too, is that it's not like there's a lack of opportunities to get Mrazek starts after tonight. The the Leafs play um, eight of their next nine games against teams who are not in a playoff position. So that takes them through March 13th, 14th, 15th. March, March 15th, there's only one playoff opponent. So, you know, this is a, a, the best team they're going to see over the next 10 games, essentially, and they decided to go with Mrazek. So, yeah, no, that, that's that's not nothing to me. I think that is a bit of a statement that they're going to give this guy a crack to work his way into the crease a little more often and uh, air quotes here, rest, could, Jack. Could this be, I mean, the other side of that is they know how bad Jack is feeling right now. He's kind of down in the dumps. We saw his press conference. He's not feeling great. Is yeah, there, is there, move on. Is there, is there a chance <laughs> that they're like, you know, throw Mrazek to the Wolves tonight and then let's get Jack a couple easier ones here down the road like is there any thought to that or is that overthinking it I, they may just I, be going back and forth till something happens in all honesty i don't think they're looking any further than tonight uh the message is clear to jack or or peter Morazic right now and that's we need somebody to step up and peter we, you you get the first opportunity tonight he wasn't any better any worse than what we've seen in the last three weeks peter Morazic uh in in uh, Montreal. God, he was so bad. It was bad. Yes. I mean, I guess he's been bad. So that's mostly, what it is. Mostly bad. It is in Toronto. You get first crack. That's yeah. what that's what I see right now. And I How many games did Jack steal for the Toronto Maple Leafs in those first 35 games this season? How many? Yeah, a lot. Tell me. Uh, I, four. Six. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Who do we appreciate? <laughs> it's a lot. Eight. Yeah. I mean, he, he Sammy, was... how many did he steal? Many. Multiple. Many, many bushels full yeah. of games. So, many of them. You know, is they're, they're going to get back to him. Is it fair to bail on him tonight? Yeah, it's fair. I don't think there's... This is, you know, yesterday you said to me, they are, they can't sit anyone. They can't sit anyone on this team. You're not allowed to bench anyone, apparently. And I was like, I agree. They They don't do it. Why should Campbell be above getting a little bit of, hey, you're not playing well enough. You don't get to play. You know, we're the middle of the season. Play better and we'll put you in the net. Yeah. I think that's just fine. You know who's not playing great? Alex Kerfa. Oh, okay. <laughs> we will get uh, to the second line. I just want okay. to uh, kind of exhaust this goaltending thing okay. because I'm not sure if hell's freezing over still for the Toronto Maple Leafs and their fans right now. I know there's a ton of concern, but... 
here you are with 30 games to go. You're uh, a month away from the trade deadline. And this is what this is the vibe that I get right now. Okay. So what, two and a half, three weeks ago, you had one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Today, this is what I've heard. Need a top six forward. Need a top defenseman. And we may need a goalie. That's the vibe. Do you, you gotta, really you believe now? Do you, really, do you believe right now that there, there isn't or is a conversation of potentially needing a goalie in three weeks? Wow. Uh, you know, Campbell had so solidified himself in the first part of the season, it's wild to even consider the idea that they might need someone else. After Sammy gave him six, six by six. Oh, I know, I know, Sammy, I know. are you buying into the the, 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 the comments that you're starting listen, to see? Listen, he traded for Fleury yesterday. I listen. You start, Maybe you started it. <laughs> I mean, I started the Luke Shen ones. I legitimately, first reported by me, Leafs interested in Luke Shen. No, I just... I, I Like I said yesterday, my brain has been broken by goaltending. I thought Jack was the real deal. I said multiple times he was the real Do deal. Do you still? I think he's uh, a medium deal or, you know, less real deal. I think he's still a good goalie. Okay. I, I, he's definitely better than he's been in the last month. But I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't pretty concerned. Yeah. You know, like he, he hasn't ever been a number one. The whole thing with him was the workload and how he was going to hold up over a full season playing number one minutes. And it looked really great up until December, I guess really up until he got COVID, actually. And now it's kind of... A week ago, he shut down the Pittsburgh Penguins. Best game he played like in a while. rock star. Yeah, and I know, but those were that was every game for the start of the season. That uh, was spoiled, every game. He spoiled them. And now, okay, so what are you, what are you getting at here? Yeah, I just... I, I, I'm going to go back to what I said the other day that... Uh, you cannot call an audible right now if you're Kyle Dubas. You doubled down a long time ago. You you got to stick with this group. I don't know. You know, like I, I, I'll be honest. So sometimes I think crazy thoughts off the air, and I'm like, I can't say that on the air because because it's just going to. We haven't been working that long. I'll get you to do that. <laughs> I know, don't I know. worry. That's why I can't even put them in the group checks. You'll work them out of here. But like, I'm recently becoming convinced that they they could trade a. It's Neilander. I'm thinking about. So I, I still I mentioned it yesterday. We talked about it, but like I still think that if you wanted to change this core, you didn't feel like things were off. Like he has a value. He's under contract. He's if you don't believe that this core is good enough, you could do that. We'll we'll, we'll dive into that deeper, but let's go where the dominoes would take us there, okay. and that is first find out if you've got internal solutions. And tonight, mm-hmm. Kasha will be that guy with Tavares and Nylander. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on that. A combination of just getting a little different chemistry on that line and and uh, just just change things up a little bit there. But I have been wanting to get Kasha a look, um, look there for a little while now and something that he hasn't spent very much time at all with John. Uh, so wanted to just see how that looks. Uh, I think uh, you know, the timing is right for that. Thought about it doing doing that the other night and we'll want to, to keep the line together for you know one more game and and I uh, did see some positive things from the group, but I just thought the timing's right to, for both chance to get a good look at Kasha uh, up there and change the chemistry of the group a little bit. Kasha in, Kerfoot out. Kasha, I wrote this uh, last week that I think that he's the best fit for those two. I think that when they're not going, sometimes they have a little trouble 
not like with engagement, but well, okay, engagement, but also like getting to the inside and scrapping it out. And there's days where you just want to hook like a couple of electric bolts up to them, just give them a jolt, just give them a little defib or something on the bench. Kasha never doesn't bring it. He is the defibrillator for that line. He can go, you can get He's that the heart. smelling salts. He is the smelling salts. He can start the heartbeat a little bit for these guys, I feel like. Kerfoot, he'll, he can sleep along with them. So the the one thing I got out of that clip was that he referenced for John. He didn't mention Nylander. Is it that? It, are are we to that point now where everything needs to focus on getting John Tavares going again? Because yeah. we mentioned the other day, this is a stretch that probably he hasn't seen. Uh, you mentioned the the drought that he had in his rookie year. Yeah, seventeen games as an eighteen year old. I don't even count that. Because every 18-year-old yeah. goes through something like that, even first overall picks. But this is now something I think is a concern for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, sure. and more so, the frustration that he's showing to the point where Sheldon actually had to make note of it. Frustration is, you know, is uh, a useless emotion. It's one that's it's pretty prevalent in all our lives at different times, but it's, it is a pretty useless emotion when we sit down and think about it. So, yeah, I've talked with John, and, and he's experienced enough to know that that's not helping. Um, he needs to just continue to work out. I thought defensively it was as good a game as he's played in a really long time the other night. And there's no coincidence that it was also the game in which he had some of his best scoring chances that came out of that being in good spots, being his F3 Puck lands on his stick. Yeah, those are going to go in for him. Uh, and you know, we've wasn't long ago we were talking about you know you know Mitch Marner uh, having some struggles to score, and all of a sudden you know, he couldn't stop scoring for a while. So it was it's just a way to go, stay with it. I'm really surprised that he needed to talk to his captain about that. I, you know, I guess as a coach, you feel some obligation to just be like, hey, we're aware of what you're going through. We're going to try to help you through it, right? Like, he's, he's not sitting down with Tavares and telling him how to play. Do you think? Try asking him to I, change something? I don't know. It, I'm surprised, if, too. If I was in Sheldon's shoes, if anybody would ask me, I'm saying he's, he's our captain. He's a pro. He's, I don't have to talk to about John Tavares with that. He's, he's our captain. You know, he's, he's, he's good. I, I, I'm not sure I would have made it a public note. Of course, there behind was... the scenes, I would have said, John, and, and we talked about this yesterday, you cannot slam your stick on the ice and show 19 that other That still doesn't bother me out of him. Doesn't bother me yeah. out of him. I, I get the point. I, I like the never let him see a sweat thing, but out of Tavares, who's such a ro- robot, I didn't mind it. Um, you know, what is interesting is before he came here from uh, Long Island, you know, he had like a year or two where he was a defensive liability where he didn't play defense. And I believe they talked to him quite a bit. He came here and Mike Babcock was all over him to defend. They kind of turned him into a guy who would play the best lines and really defend hard. It's interesting to me that Keith went out of his way to note that like we're, we're, we're talking to him about, you know, being in good spots. And if you're F3, the puck will wind up on your stick. And, you know, it's about positioning for him too. It's not about, losing half a step or whatever. It's about cheating when he gets hungry and then he's not in the right spots to get opportunities. So maybe it is a bit about teaching or talking to him about his play and where to be. You got seven points in his last 10 games, no it, goals. It's, it, and that is the issue because this is a guy, and let's bring uh, in Jason York uh, 
Uh, Yorkie, how are you doing? Sportsnet's hockey uh, and Hockey Night in Canada analyst and uh, friend of the show. Uh, speaking of John Tavares and Yorkie, we've been around the game long enough to know that uh, those point getters, those goal scorers, man, they like their cookies. And when they don't get them, they're grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? Goal scorers get grumpy when they don't score? Yeah. That is the understatement of the maybe the maybe the week for maybe the week. Okay, I've got a few of them. Stick around. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true and, and uh not, nothing makes a guy happier than supposed to score than scoring goals. So yeah, I'm hundred percent with you on that one. Uh, got any concern about where the uh, the Leafs are at right now, Yorkie? A little bit of a tough stretch here after a, a you know excellent start to the season, but some cur- concerns arising at a time where uh, the trade deadline look you know is ahead in the horizon and decisions have to be made. Yeah, I don't know if I would be concerned right now, Barney. It's there's been so many games in a short amount of time. Like it's these turnarounds are tough, and and, and I look at this team. I always say this: it's better to go through this now and right before the playoffs. Yeah, that's the absolute worst possible time, heading into the playoffs with, uh, with question marks. So I think this could be good for the Toronto Maple Leafs. A little bit of adversity right now. Fight through it, try and figure things out, and maybe a few tweaks at the trade deadline and get things sorted out. And, and for them, try and get on a roll at the right time. So I, 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 I'm not too worried if I'm a Leafs fan. Uh, I think a little bit of adversity is always a good thing. You played defense in the National Hockey League. When you start seeing the uh the rushes and i'm not even speaking about uh, you know odd man rushes but the constant coming through the neutral zone a thousand miles an hour is there a chance that there could be some disconnect between the defense and and the forwards or even some internal animosity that some people are just not doing a good enough job in the neutral zone and that puts either the pressure on uh, a blue liner or even your goaltender, even if it's Mrazic or Campbell, like it's, could that be going on right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, that's, you know, it's going, it's going on with my junior team right now. Kipper. Is it? <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always trying to figure out how to, how to, how to stop team speed for the neutral zone. It's a common problem. And, and I always say this as a defenseman in Kipper, and, and uh, this is something we always used to say, never trust a forward. I don't know if you guys were saying that, but <laughs> that, that, when you're back there with your D coach, you're kind of a little bit of a clan back there, and, and that's a rule of thumb. You never trust the forwards because 10 times, 9 times out of 10, they're going to let you down. But it's something, I, I, you know, is it fatigue? I don't know. It's, it's, it's just being... There's some teams that are just really good on getting in front of the other team. And, and you know, Kipper, as, as, a, as a forward, you're, you're always told, get in a guy's way, try and stop his momentum before he can get going. Got a little bit of a pick. And it's harder now. I, I get it. You're not allowed to hold. You're not allowed to hook. But you can skate in front of guys and impede their progress. And it's something with when, – when I watch the Leafs, what are they good at? They're good at zone entries. They're good at puck possession. Uh, they're good at those finer skilled plays, but I always find them a team that's not good at the fine details of when is the right time to chip a puck in instead of trying to get a zone entry, uh, getting in front of guys so they don't get in on your D right away. Those little things, being ready on a face-off, jumping on the other team's defenseman, the little things, and and we all know this, guys, that's how you win in the playoffs. And, And that's why, for me, 
I always have my doubts about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, they're really skilled. Yeah, they move the puck well. They've got a good power player. They've got one of the best players in Austin Matthews. But are they gonna? Are they willing to do those little details that help you to win the playoffs? Everybody can do them because it doesn't matter how skilled you are. It doesn't doesn't matter really your IQ. You just have to do them. And uh, to me, that's always been my question mark with the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, I'm going to ask you a question here, and I wouldn't mind getting Kipper's take on it too, but like all of us have played through the decline phase of our careers, right? Like you've played at a point in your career where you maybe weren't as fast or whatever it was. We but, did. I started my career that way. Okay, well, fine. <laughs> Come on, Kipper, you scored a lot of goals back back the North Face and Daniels. You're a skill guy. I remember a long time ago. God, you got a good memory. The, uh, yeah, yeah, and so at some point, you know, I'm looking at like Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin and wondering, you know, if they're just not playing as well, if it is their decline phase. And can you manage your decline phase to kind of cover it up with your intelligence or I, can these guys come back even if they're a half a step slower than they were at their primes? Boy, Barney, it, it's I, I would use I used to say yes, because mm-hmm. smart defensemen could get away. You knew exactly how many extra little tugs of the stick you could get or maybe you could go in the corner and get away with that little bit of a bear hug but the refereeing it's they're calling all that stuff now so so it's tough and uh i i i'd love to see toronto make a move and uh, if they get in line get a defenseman at the test line right. that can skate and move move the puck and jump into their top four and i think we talked about this last time i was on the show with you guys i i'm really surprised at justin hall i I was a big fan of his last year, and I thought I thought he was going to take a big step this year. I, I liked his brain. I liked his confidence. So that's that for me. That's a little bit of a disappointment for me this year. But uh, back to the question: Can you get away with it? I think you can get away with it a little more during the playoffs, not in the first round because they call everything. A little bit in the second round. Uh, the smarter veteran guys like Muzzin, they they know what they can and can't do. And well, I know he's on the LPR right now, but he's a guy that can. Can Hall? I don't know. He he's been he's been a mystery to me this year, guys. He really has. We're speaking with Jason York, former NHLer and Sportsnet uh, Hockey Night Canada analyst. I'm going to take what Justin just said and expand it. Can you can you coach a potential uh, decline? Can you now tell the boys? Hey, you're not pinching. I don't care. If I got to put one of those uh, pet collars around you so I zap you if you pass the fence line, I'll do it. But you're not pinching anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can do that for sure. Um, absolutely. And, and but I watch Toronto play and, and the way they want to possess the puck all the time. So to me, don't, don't, don't they need guys that can make plays and get the pucks in their forwards' hands quickly and, and, and get that dynamic offensive game going? Yes. Can they get away? Can they get away, Kipper, with guys on the back end that no. maybe aren't that no. fleet of foot? And like, <laughs> it's just so, hard answers. <laughs> like I'm with you, so I, I I don't know. Like I, it is very dire okay. to me that they bring they bring in a defenseman, but like yeah, sure you can get guys to stop pinching. You can get, and, so, but then you're just backing. Then you're just backing off, and you're playing not to lose. And, so I, I I can't see teams that play not to lose uh, having any success in the league anymore because you got to skate, you got to be quick, and, and you got, you got to be skilled. And JB, we talked about Labushkin. He's not the. Labushkin. There's no 360 <laughs> in the neutral zone. There's no. 
you know, uh, handling the puck and then no, making no, cows, no, no giving goes in your own zone with the three foot pass. Sauce, no, the unnecessary sauce. One of my biggest pet peeves when guys just sauce. The unnecessary saucer pass. Half the sauce every pass. I'm like, just give a flat pass. Or, yeah, or, or the defenseman that gets the puck. There's nobody around him, but. Has to go ten and two with his feet for some reason. Why? Just it's unnecessary. Yes, I agree. A skill coaches everywhere now. Everyone's skating with their hips open. Just go forwards, for the love of God. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. What's really compounded? Uh, I, I think the confidence level and the three of us have been on on teams where we've had incredible goaltending, and it just it just doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. He's just going to cover them up, and he's going to make a save and. Where we're not, we're not too nervous. It's almost as if that's disappeared now for the Leafs. Ah, it's crazy too because Jack Campbell and like he was off to such a great start. It didn't look like goaltending was going to be a question mark, but uh, it is crazy what goaltending can do for you. Well, look at the Buffalo Sabers that year; they almost won a Stanley Cup. I think with Hasek, or I know I'm dating myself here, but they got outshot each and every game. But some of those uh, Toronto Maple Leafs teams going back to the early 2000s when you had Joseph, when you had Belfour, like goaltending can do so much. And it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's no surprise. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I'm, I, I'm real surprised because I, I thought for the Leafs that that was one position early on in the season where there wasn't a lot of question marks. Yeah, you mentioned goaltending. It can do so much. Um, how about the goaltending the Calgary Flames are getting right now? That looks like, wow. I don't know, like maybe the best team in the NHL. Just just rolling. Uh, not much bad to say about them. Do, do you look at that team and say, this is a legitimate cup contender? And if so, what's changed from last year? Well, we got to go back to the tape, Borny. You, you asked me this question about three months ago, and you said, who was my favorite team in Canada that I thought could make some noise? Yeah, and, and listen, I, I do a lot of Calgary games. Uh, tonight, I'm actually in town. I'm in Toronto, heading in the studio to do the Calgary-Vancouver game. Um, Markstrom, to me, he's going to be in the Vesna conversation. He, he's been that good for, for Calgary. And, mm-hmm. and Tan Vlador has, has done a nice job as a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. So they've got two very capable goalies, two really big goalies, too. I think they're both over 6'4 or 6'5. Uh, and they play that Daryl Sutter brand of hockey where they don't give you a lot. When they do, like, like Markstrom has been really, really good this, this year. I, I don't think he gets enough praise. Like Johnny Gaudreau, rightfully so. There's a lot of talk about him in the Hart Trophy conversation. Lindholm's on that here right now. I think he's got goals in eight straight games. Uh, he's been a great story, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, but goaltending, it's what Kipper said earlier. Show me a good team. I'll show you a goaltender that's having a good season. And that's exactly what's happening in Calgary. With both goalies, they've, they've both had uh, exceptional. There's a lot of things that have gotten right for the Calgary Flames too, Barney. You look at the season Mangiapane's having. He's kind of come come into his own as a, a top nine, top six guy. And, and, and then they went out and got Tyler Toffoli, which is, is good for right now for the Flames. I think they've got him under contract for two more years. That, that, that was a really good move um, that, that, I, that the Calgary Flames just did. Because he's a guy, too, that... Uh, can get it going in the playoffs. And it's, uh, you look what Daryl's doing though in Calgary. He's bringing in a lot of familiar faces, isn't he? Like he, he goes out and gets the Foley from right. his days with the Kings. Uh, he's got some guys on his fourth line who he's had before. So 
Calgary, that that is a team that plays heavy, heavy hockey, and they've got some skills. So uh, that's a team to reckon with come playoff time. They seem to be doing it by committee on that blue line, but Yorkie, the one thing that they don't have is a bona fide number one defenseman, and we've seen it with exactly. Hedman and and uh, you know Petrangelo and uh, Drew Doughty, but. Can they get away with it? Hannafin's been good. Anderson's been good. Tanev's as good of a shutdown guy as anything out there right now. Uh, is it is it fine? Is it good enough? They're really good as a group. You know who they remind me of, Kipper? You remember the year that the Carolina Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup, and they had they had Aaron a Ward back special. there. Yeah, uh, Glenn Wesley uh, Hedekin yes. was back there. Yeah, they just had they just had a group of guys. To your point, that didn't pinch at the wrong time. They made the right decisions. All those guys could skate pretty good, though. That was the one thing about that blue line. All, all those guys had pretty good feet. They could get the puck in their for and the pucks in the forward pans. And that's one thing Calgary's good at. And, and one name you left out, and it's a guy, um, Oliver Shillington. He's kind of come out of nowhere, too. They weren't really sure what they had with him. And, and Sutter tried him out in the top four. And he's been really good because the thing he can do is he's got good feet. He can move and he can get the puck up the ice. He's, he might be, I, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, he might be the leading scorer back there on the blue line as well. But he just, he skates well, moves the puck. And same with Anderson. They've got a group of guys back there, to my point. They're probably all number three or number four guys. Uh, Shillington's been asked to do a little bit more. And then they've got that that, that, that bottom pairing. Uh, they, they've got uh, Zadorov back there, who's, who's who's been pretty good. And Eric Gridbranson, who's uh, another guy that just, he's heavy, he gets the puck up, and he plays near third pairing. So they have a lot of guys in the right roles, and the guys that are on the top four, there's nothing fancy. Just make the right play. Uh, don't screw up. And, uh, and, and for me, that's uh, a lot of times, what do they say about a good defenseman? If you don't notice him, he's usually doing a pretty good job. Yeah, Leafs are hoping Labushkin can be that, and he's not chasing someone who's shooting the puck in the net like his first game. Um, <laughs> it's funny hearing you mention Shillington. Like, I remember when Boston had those three first-rounders in a, pe- in a row. There's a pretty famous tweet on hockey Twitter. It was like, oh, man, they can get Matt Barzal, Kyle Connor, and Oliver Shillington. Uh, they got none of them, and now Shillington has turned yeah. into quite a player too. Wild how that's turned around. Um, I'll, yeah, Sorry, I just want to ask you about Edmonton before we let you go uh, and their goaltending situation. Not quite as good as Calgary's. Uh, what do you is Connor McDavid going to like uh, absolutely go mental here if they don't figure this out? They have to trade for a goalie, don't they? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You you would think it, it looked like when they got when they made the coaching change, they were starting to get some goaltending for that short little span, but now. Um, I heard today they might try and put one of their goaltenders on waivers. Really? That's how that's how bad it's gotten in Edmonton. I will have to wait and see on that. But who do you, who do you go out and get right now? Like, who's a goalie available? Like, do you try and get Mark Andre Fleury? Is is he going to come in Edmonton? <laughs> I still watch some. Yeah, I still watch some play though, guys. And you know, I just I want like there's a lot of, there's still a lot of swinging in their own zone. There's not a lot of stops and starts. Like there's the forwards always seem like in a hurry uh, to get on the offense. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a team to me uh, until they're committed to playing good team defense, like the Calgary Flames. I know they're not getting goaltending, but until you play that way, you're not going to win. There's, there's a ton of teams that are want to get rid of and need Washington. Samson, uh, Samsonov's been on the market Right, yeah. uh, that's a goalie that 
I, I think they'd happily trade, but right now it seems right. like there's a handful in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, you're not winning without a goaltender. Uh, you have to think the price for Samsonov would, would be pretty high, though, don't you, Kipper? Yeah, but at the same time, what are you getting? Yeah. What, yeah. Are, what, what are you, you paying for? Magic beans. Magic beans. Who knows what they could grow into? Yeah, no. You, well, you, you never know what the goaltender is. You're going to hit lightning in a bottle when you get them, and, and that's that's the great conundrum right now. It's not it's not like the old days in the NHL when you had your top-tier goaltenders and you knew exactly what you were getting. Like It doesn't seem like in today's current NHL there's that many goaltenders that you say, okay, yeah. We're going to trade for this guy, and we know 100% that he's going to come in and do the job for you. Like, I, I, I don't see it. Yorkie, just one more for you. Trade deadline. We got a lot of teams sitting on the fence, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Nashville, uh, Winnipeg, you know, go down the list. Teams, are we in? Are we out? Dallas. But we know the Ottawa Senators are out. So is there a few pieces <laughs> that, that they can play with um, come trade deadline and – and build uh, for the next two, three years? Yeah, there's an interesting name on Ottawa, and unless you follow the Ottawa Senators a lot, uh, some people in the league would know this guy is Nick Paul. He's going to be a UFA this summer, and if I was a team, I would be looking hard and long at this guy. He's six foot five, he can skate. You, if a team was really looking to bolster their third line, he would be a great get. And I know for Ottawa, they, they really like this player. They want to get him signed. Uh, but if, if if a team was willing to give up a lot for him, I think he could possibly get a deal done. And if you did, he's a guy that would help a team immensely. He can just do so many things. He's on your kill, play against other teams' best lines. And he's got sneaky skill for a big guy. So that's a player I'd keep my eye on if, if Ottawa isn't able to get a deal done with him. Okay, just uh... – Put your GM hat on uh, second-round pick, third-round pick. What are we looking at? For Nick Paul, yeah. because he's a UFA, I, I, at least a second, Kipper. It's, it was at least a second, maybe more. Um, I, if it's me, I wouldn't trade the guy. He's still young. Uh, but He's awesome. The drivers, you, you like him, Borny? I really like him. I, as you mentioned, he does everything. A little bit of, you know, can like you mentioned, he's great on your kill, and he does have some skill and some size. I, I just can't even believe they'd think about moving him. Well, I don't think they would. I don't think they would. But how many how many players have have, have the Ottawa Senators let walk for nothing? Great point. Like you just you can't continue to do that. And I and and, and so the one interesting thing in all this, you know who his agent is? His agent was Ken Hughes, who's now the general oh. manager. So I, he's got a new agent right now. I, his name's escaping me right now. So you know, you always. As a general manager, a scout, or whoever, you always like what you really know. When you look at the Montreal Canadiens, what, what, what could they use? A big guy that can play. Like right. He's at the top of everyone's list, so it depends. Like I could see a team giving up a first-rounder for him, and maybe that's enough for the Ottawa Senators uh, if they know they can't get him signed. But, man, the playoffs for me, goaltending for sure, defense. How many teams, when you can really get a good third-line player, those are the guys that win cups for you. Yorkie, as always, man, thanks for doing this, making time for us. Hey, guys, always a pleasure to talk uh, anytime, and uh, hopefully chat again soon. Thanks, Thanks, Yorkie. Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada analyst. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, Talk after the break. Uh, Gold medal. Is it 20 years? 
Sammy. 20 years, yeah. Since today. Salt Lake City. One of the best moments of my life. We'll get into that with Sammy, and uh, we'll also talk uh, embellishment. <laughs> and then we're going to talk... Michael uh, Bunting we're, embellishment. We're going to talk about 1994 treaties from Slovakia and discuss politics. No, we're not. We're not no, going to tell us any more of the war stuff. Take a deep breath. More foreign JB. affairs coming up next. <laughs> On Real Kipper and Bourne.